This week on the 10 Podcast, Becoming a High Performer with Adam from Police Posts. You as a professional should take, obviously, ownership and responsibility of your physical well-being. The biggest threat to law enforcement is law enforcement itself. Small changes like that will then yield big results. I eat fucking cheese every day. You're not going to put shitty gas in your car. It's all about being well-rounded, right? And it's all about the things that we've experienced. Because if my job is to perform and I'm too sore, then what's the point of training? We're in instant gratification society, and if things don't happen within two weeks, we get pissed. Some people understand that, uh, some people don't. When you took this job, you're an adult, you're a professional. You should know better. Would you want you coming to save you? The views and opinions expressed on the 108 Podcast are those of the authors and guests individually. The 108 Podcast is for entertainment purposes only and is not affiliated with any entity, agency, or department. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever and wherever you're listening. This is episode 311 of the 10A podcast, Becoming a High Performer. My guest today is Adam from Police Post. This episode is a culmination of a lot of conversations that we've had over the last 10 episodes, if not more, going to past seasons. But over the first 10 episodes of season 3, we've covered topics regarding martial arts, physical fitness, financial well-being, and then a bunch of different realms of mental health and resiliency. Last week, we talked about why these things are important and how we can continue working towards it. This week, we talk about what it means to actually be a high performer. But before we get too thick in the weeds, let's check out our sponsors. Listen, it's no surprise to anyone that law enforcement agencies suck at getting the word out to their citizens they serve. Whether it's debriefing a critical incident or educating the public about various aspects of law enforcement, it takes a special skill set that too many in law enforcement don't have. In this ever-changing world of social media, do you, your agency, and your community a favor and check out TOC Public Relations, a company ran by former law enforcement to help you get your message out in an appropriate and professional way. Check them out on social media as well as TOCPublicRelations.com. Let me tell you something you already know. Living a life in public service is a life of sacrifice. But you cannot serve the community or back your partner up if you're not physically able to do so. According to a report by the Wall Street Journal, more than 40% of law enforcement officers are obese. Other studies have found that police officers are 25% more likely to die from weight-related disorders like cardiovascular disease, high blood pressure, diabetes, and even some cancers. Why continue to be a liability to your partners, your loved ones, your community, and yourself? Contact the folks at fit.responders and get your fight back. This episode is also brought to you by my new friends over at RTI Training, giving the type of training that incorporates humor and knowledge that cops respond to. Listen, we all know that you will never retain anything thanks to death by PowerPoint. So do yourself a favor and check out the new kids on the block when it comes to police training. They are revelationstraining.com. And guys, I also want to tell you about our sponsor, Jiu-Jitsu 5.0. They just came out with the Jiu-Jitsu 5.0 app. It is the ultimate training tool for all law enforcement. Members of the app get on-demand access to a huge library of techniques for the streets, grappling-based workouts, yoga, and a monthly nutrition plan. They also have 24-hour, 7-day-a-week access to Jason, the founder of Jiu-Jitsu 5.0, for personalized training assistance. So... Go to the app store of your choosing and download the Jiu-Jitsu 5.0 app today. It's available for Android as well as Apple, so get on it now. 
And last but not least, this episode is brought to you by Thin Vine Wines. Thin Vine Wines is a mission-driven wine company that proudly backs first responders and the military. With a background in law enforcement, their support for police, dispatch, fire, and the military is unwavering. Thin Vine Wines donates $2 from every bottle sold to law enforcement and military-driven nonprofits. Making awesome wine is the vehicle. Making wine with a purpose is the mission. Check out their social medias at Thin Vine Wines on Instagram and Facebook and order online at thinvine.wine using the code 10-8-T-E-N, the number 8, for $10 off two or more bottles of wine. As always, go ahead and check out our sponsors. They've been a great support to the podcast and could use your support too. So go check them out. So going back to what I was saying before the break, what is a high performer. We say this term a lot, but do we even know what it is? How do we even define it? Well, according to a blog that I found, so it's got to be a reliable source, it's called timeuler.com. A high performer is someone who consistently produces superior results in their area of expertise. High performers are not only talented and skilled, but also passionate and driven to be the best at what they do. They're consistently and constantly seeking out new challenges and ways to improve their skill set. A high performer is the high achievers of a team. They're the employees, they're the team members who consistently take on more work and leadership tasks and go above and beyond, always. High achievers are the agency darlings. They do the most work, but they also stand out. They aren't just company yes-men. According to a workplace study, that measures workplace performance, 10% of productivity comes from the top 1% of employees, and 26% of output is a product of the top 5%. We all know these cops. These are the ones that are always pulling high-end traffic stops, getting in the foot chases, closing cases, getting confessions. Sometimes they're the ones we call the shit magnet. Hey, don't get that guy in your squad. He's a shit magnet. Nah, what that means is he actually does work. It goes back to the timeless Heraclitus quote. Out of every 100 men, 10 shouldn't even be here, 80 are just targets, 9 are real fighters, but the one, the one is the warrior. Your high performers are in the last 10. I can think of several people I used to work with that were high performers. And I'll be honest, it it wasn't me. I did good work, but I wasn't in that top 1%. I, I guarantee you, I was not always running and gunning. There were plenty of times where I was like, you know what? The city can uh, city can burn a little bit tonight. I'm just going to take it off, okay? Uh, that being said, I always aim to be with them, right? I always wanted to be, but, you know, maybe maybe I wasn't in that top 10%. Maybe I was in I, – I don't think I was a target either, but, you know, I definitely was not in that top 1%. So what about you? Are you a top performer? Do you want to be? Well, here's a list of the top five traits of a high performer. Let's see how you stack up. One, problem solving. High performers are always looking for ways to improve their work and they're not afraid of change. A new legal bulletin comes out and the high performer is reading it and looking for ways to work around it or ways to work through it. Two, this may be one of the most important traits, drive. High performers are driven by a strong need to achieve their goals. Now, what's their goal? I know my my buddy Jason, God rest his soul, he was determined to getting drugs off the street. And what did he do? He got drugs off the street every chance he could. He took trainings. Whether or not the agency put him through trainings, he would make sure he got the training that he needed. It's it's top-notch, and it can't be matched. Number three, self-direction. This is important, too. 
These are not the guys that Sarge has to beg to make a traffic stop, to follow up on cases, or to handle complaints in their zone. They are constantly seeking out new knowledge and skills so that they can be better at their job. And they do the work themselves. Again, they don't have to be micromanaged. These are the guys that go out and do it themselves. They're also not afraid to ask for help when they need it. These are also the ones that will seek out the training that they might need as well. Number four, strategic thinking. High performers are always thinking ahead and looking for ways to improve their work and productivity. They are always quick to identify opportunities as well as threats. Number five, last but not least, high performers take initiative. High performers are not afraid to get their hands dirty and always look for ways to contribute to the team. So what do you think? Is that you? Do you want it to be you, but you don't know how? Well, don't worry, guys. You are in the right place. For the rest of the episode, the interview, and then after, we're going to talk about how to become a high performer and what kind of trainings you need, what kind of specific focus you need, and how that will help you in your career and your personal life as well. So now I think it's about time we welcome my guest, Adam from Police Post. And we're back and joining me is my buddy Adam from Police Post, Effective Fitness, all those amazing posts. Man, how are you doing today? I'm good, brother. How are you? Um, not too bad. Not too bad. I'm not used to doing these in the morning. So this is kind of a, I'm actually awake and like my mind is just going. That's that's good. Usually I do them like after yeah. work or something. Right. I try to do it in, I try to do my podcast in the morning as well. I'm, I'm a little fresh. The mind is, uh, the mind starts to move, you know, like, this is, this is a good warm up. Yeah, absolutely. It's a good start to the day. Um, usually, and I can definitely tell, like when I do them later in the day or later in the night, I'm always like looking at my watch, like, oh boy, we gotta, we gotta wrap this up. I gotta get some sleep. So I'm glad that we were able to do this today. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. So just for everybody who, so everyone listening, this is part, I guess you could say part two. We talked to Adam last year or earlier this year, I should say. And, uh, but just for people who are unfamiliar with you, go ahead and introduce yourself. Uh, let us know who you are, yeah. what you do, and then uh, we'll go from there. Sure. Uh, my name is Adam. I am. I run the Police Post page on Instagram. Is probably how uh, most people have, have ever come in contact with me. I don't really show my face that much on that page. Uh, it's kind of more of a training page. We've kind of expanded since then. Um, since my time, I, I spent about seven years in law enforcement in South Carolina. Left around uh, 2020 to basically run uh, – effective fitness training and now of now effective fitness combatives as well. Um, so running two companies, uh, we've expanded, uh, police post. Even I have, I have, I have some help. Um, I have 
I have an active guy out of Florida um, that helps me run uh, the police post page now. So that's always nice. Um, and then, of course, we're expanding the effective fitness team and the EFC team. So when I left law enforcement, um, my mission was still to help cops. And uh, this is how we've been providing that service uh, for law enforcement for the past almost four years now. That's amazing. And and you guys do a lot of good work and it's not pigeonholed. I feel like a lot of police training companies focus on one aspect, either on the job, fitness, combative. You literally touch every single aspect of it. And I think that diversification is what makes you guys so effective. Yeah. You know, we try to having a team of cops, um, former and active, uh, really helps bring uh, a lot of issues to light. And then we try to solve those issues, right. By, you know, by actually providing a solution, not just pointing a finger and saying, this is, this is what needs to change. And we're like, yeah, no shit. How do we actually change it now? And so that's, that's kind of where we come in and we develop. And I mean, so far between both, um, between both companies, we have probably close to probably say like 20, 25 to 28 people. Um, the majority are law enforcement either uh most are active as well so it's mm-hmm. always good to have that active um that active engagement with the, right with the because i think that keeps it fresh too like if you just have something of either all retired or you know maybe all admin or whatever it might be it's not going to be the same as where you have guys who are actively working the streets um because then you know you kind of ca- keep up with the times you know you know what's kind of the issues and what's the ongoing problems right and the best part is you know we have guys we have team members all over the country, California, Florida, New York, Texas, Pennsylvania. So they're South Carolina. So they're all over the country working for different agencies, having different issues with different environments, with different types of people. Right. So um, it really helps kind of bring it's kind of like a melting pot of law enforcement. Right. So we have guys that are in different units. We have narcotics guys, SWAT guys, patrol guys, supervisors, uh, canine guys, Marine guys. Right. So we have a wide variety of experiences um, and utilize those to max capacity so that we can you know, obviously produce the, the best resource possible. Yes. And, and, and like I said, multifaceted as well. And I think that's the most important thing when you look at different lines of work and different kind of disciplines and, you know, thinking about like the military comes to mind where the military is kind of, you know, very goal oriented, right? They're trying to achieve whatever mission they're on, but law enforcement is different in the aspect of you get literally a little bit of everything. Like you could be fighting someone, you could be investigating, you could be in a shooting, like all those things are possible in a tour of duty. And by having someone or a a resource like effective fitness or EFC or, you know, all your different branch offs is good because that way you don't just get focused on the one thing. And and like you said, by taking it, an issue for a police officer in California is going to be different than an issue for a police officer in South Carolina than Florida and so on. And when you get all that together, I mean, you know, that, that diversity is just so important. It is. Yeah. It, it really is, you know, taking that big picture, well-rounded view, um, you know, cause just like we discussed in our previous podcast, you know, Law enforcement officers are expected to be absolute professionals in in every aspect in every discipline that that they are in, you know. So, in order for that, uh, you know, to really develop an effective police officer, right? You have to look at each one of these and you have to address them, even if it's in small, minute changes, right? Which is going to create 
you know, a better outcome, you know, as, as that person hopefully progresses to be a, you know, a better police officer. Sure. And the way I always treated my career was to, to be a jack of all trades. I didn't want to be super specialized in one thing or another, because like, like we were talking about, you never know what's going to be demanded of you next. So, you know, to have good investigation skills, good traffic stop skills, you know, literally everything that, that everyone listening probably is already aware of. And I think that's the most important thing. So kind of piggybacking off that in our last conversation and just kind of all that, what would you say are key traits for law enforcement in general to have and to refine the most? Like if you could give like maybe like a top 10 or top five of like, Hey, if you, these are the skills you really need to focus on. I firmly believe, and this is, this was kind of our motto at effective fitness is, is, you know, fitness is the foundation for survival, right? So if you take that foundation, uh, the foundational training is super important. So in anything you do, whether it be, uh, fitness, uh, defensive tactics, shooting tactics, case law, whatever the case may be, Building that foundation is what's going to make you um, uh, progress uh, more quickly, right? As opposed to just being thrown into the wolves uh, at 100 miles an hour, right? You have to kind of build that foundation and expand upon that foundation. You can't build a skyscraper on a 10 by 10 slab of concrete, right? It's not going to work. You're going to have to have rebar and expand and really expand that foundation in order to grow, right? So, um if I had to, if I had to be very specific as to which which ones I think are the are the you know obviously the most important, I think that uh, you know most people think use of force, right? They always think that that's that's the one thing that's going to get me in trouble, which is can be accurate, right? But also you know the knowledge of the law and and not being sued civilly is also very important mm-hmm. as well, if not equally important, right? So that's kind of why we have to have that balance. So if I had to go top five, um, I would say that. Fitness, defensive tactics, case law, medical training, and then uh, communication skills, right? I would say that some of those, you know, I don't want to categorize them as being like most important to least important. Mm-hmm. I would mm-hmm. say those as a whole are all very important, right? Um, and they all play a role because your, your level of fitness is going to dictate basically everything else, mm-hmm. right? It's sure. going to it's going to dictate the way you can process information. It's going to dictate the way you can perform defensive tactics. It's going to, you know, dictate a lot. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and so that's why I think those are probably the core group of things where I think if people really focused on those and then they can start to, you know, focus on subcategories of those things to get better, but laying the foundation for those, for those five things, I think are very important. I agree. I agree. And I feel like those are all, um, diminutive skills, right? If you don't stick with them, they are going to uh, diminish and they're not going to be as good. And those are things that you need to stay on top of. And, you know, things like your fitness and, and nutrition that goes along with it. I feel like those are like pair bonded, um, account oh, for, for, sure. so, for, sure. for so much more of your life than you think of. Like, like if your nutrition's out of whack and you're not getting the proper amount of nutrients and, and, you know, the right amount of vitamins and such and such your minerals, um, your entire body, not just not just your physical, but your brain and everything, is not going to act properly. It's not going to be. And you know, you look at scientific studies showing that, oh, well, if this person had this, you know, vitamin dis- deficiency or whatever it might be, you know, then their mental health gets out of whack, and then things like that. So when you when you do talk about your 
physical fitness and your nutrition that goes along with it. I mean, that has such an important aspect to even things like case law and communication skills, because if they're out of whack, then those things are actually going to make a difference as well. Right. And this, you know, a phrase that I also use is uh, the biggest threat to law enforcement is law enforcement itself, mm-hmm. right? So the profession really doesn't allow for self-care, right? Like if you work night shift, uh, if you don't meal prep, you're eating shit probably from a gas station or from a fast food place. And it's a lot of processed foods, probably low in protein, uh, you know, maybe even high in sugar, right? So foods that are not optimal for growth, right? Uh, or, or, or to elevate level of health, right? So if we look at, if we look at things as a whole, um, fuel is everything, right? So like you don't put regular gas into a race car, right? You have to use race fuel. It's be super high octane in order for a race car to perform at a higher level, mm-hmm. right? So nothing's different than the body. If you give your body less optimal food, you're not eating enough protein, uh, you're not intaking enough sodium, you're not drinking enough water, uh, your body's not going to perform at its, at its, at its best, right? Your mental clarity is not going to be there. Your decision-making process is not going to be there. Your reaction time may be slower, right? So a lot of these things play, play a huge role, but, but you're right. The nutrition, uh, plays a major role in that. Like, you know, um, a big thing kind of being talked about now is, is like the omega threes, right? Like the EPAs and stuff like that, that people aren't consuming enough fatty acids, which are super, you know, which are, and super important for cognitive health and sleep function, right? Mm-hmm. So that's one thing where most most Americans actually lack. So, sure. you know, there are ways to obviously help combat some of these things, like meal prepping is a simple is a simple fix to that solution. Um, but yeah, no, you're definitely right. Uh, you know, nutrition definitely plays a vital role uh, in one's performance. Sure, and and you know, you you touched on hydration. I mean, that's so important. Uh, I feel like, and I know it's the truth. Most Americans, most humans are so terribly chronically dehydrated and that plays big factors into how they perform. And that's on, uh, that's on a basic, you know, basic human level. Um, you know, your sleep gets out of whack, you get more chronic muscle aches, things like that. Um, and it's such an easy thing, like drinking water, you know, um, it's just crazy how, and, and I'm, I'm so, I, you know, I'm kind of pot calling the kettle black here cause I don't drink enough water, you know, but it's one of these simple things that we just seem to always, you know, like, Oh, it's just water, whatever. But it's, it's literally the, you know, the, one of the key elements, right? Yeah. It makes up most of your body, right? So like when you're deficient in water, it's already proven that, you know, your muscle size will decrease, your strength will decrease, sleep gets worse, decision-making process is slower. There's so many factors that really, you know, play into hydration. Now, you can overhydrate, of course, right? And that's course, not yeah. a good thing. Um, this is why salt is, salt is also uh, a very good electrolyte and that, and that a lot of people think that, oh, well, I have, you know, uh, you know I don't want to overuse salt because maybe they've, you know, heard their dad or someone older say they have, you know, high blood pressure. They don't want to use mm-hmm. salt, but salting, uh, from a, from a, uh, performance standpoint, you should not be afraid of salt. Um, you know, like salt's a very important electrolyte in your body and it does actually improve. There's plenty of research you can look at that actually, it, it actually does improve, uh, physical performance and cognitive function as well. So, um, don't be afraid of salt either, you know, um, salt your food. Uh, sometimes you can even, 
you know, sprinkle salt in your water. Like if you're doing like really heavy exercise and you're sweating a lot, you have to replace what you just lost. Mm-hmm. So I um, think that yeah. it's sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off, but I was just thinking oh, like, please, I think ahead. the problem with the sodium conversation is that people are so out of whack with everything else that they're like, Oh, well, I, I, you know, we talk about don't eat, you know, so, you know, if you think of like whatever processed thing, has got loads of sodium. That's the problem, right? Mm-hmm. It's the processed food it's the sodium in that. But if you are, doing everything else right, a little bit of salt or a lot of it, you know, whatever the, the required amount of salt is, is not going to be the problem. So you got to look at the macro before you look at the micro. Right. And that's where, you know, most people eat too much food, right? We are, we are uh, creatures of, uh, of, you know, the simplicity of it. We can just go through a drive through mm-hmm. and get a 1200 calorie meal uh, for $7, right? Like you can, there's all kinds of stuff, right? I, I always meal prepped. Um, I always found it one. It was more cost effective for me. Even people, oh, it's very expensive to eat healthy. It's not necessarily the case. Crockpots are really inexpensive, very easy to use. Um, chicken, beef, pork, whatever you want to throw in there, whatever your you know, whatever your protein source is. Throw in some potatoes and some you know and some celery, some carrots, whatever the case <laughs> may be. Let it cook for eight hours, and it's usually going to smell the house really nice. And it's also going to be food you can, you know eat off of for three or four days. Sure. Right. So you don't have to overcomplicate this guys. Uh, you know, protein, good carbs, good fats, you know, things like that. Stay away from, you know, try to stay away from like the drive throughs and stuff. I mean, obviously like Chipotle, uh, I'm a huge fan of Chipotle. You know, I like those, I like those kind of, uh, places. I'm a huge Chick-fil-A fan, of course, who isn't, mm-hmm. You know, you can always indulge and have fun and, you know, still eat the things you love, but it's also really all about the moderation stuff. And right. if I always tell guys like, hey, I'm trying to lose weight, the one thing I always tell them to monitor is your protein level. Most people don't eat enough protein, right? You should be eating about one gram of protein per body weight. So that's usually about the average that people should be one to 1.2. Um, so, yeah, that's like the one thing. If you do monitor something, make sure you're eating enough protein because then also that's also going to fill you up so you're not eating other shit. Well, sure. Absolutely. And, and, you know, talk about like, you know, cheap carbs. That's the biggest thing too, like bread and, and all that. Not to say, again, it all comes down to moderation, right? Because, you know, I've worked with, Bro, nutri- I love bread. exactly. I've worked with a nutritionist and I love bread. he never turned away bread, pasta, things like that. It's just, it all comes down to monitoring or keeping it, you know, having a conscious mind with what you're eating and too often you know we we pop open the bag of potato chips and before you know it an hour goes by they're all gone well that's the problem right <laughs> it's, it's, it's not the potato chip itself it's that we lack the self-control and i've even seen you know videos and studies where there's things they put in junk food to make you want more to make you you know crave yeah more oh yeah no i, I mean it's it, it's just a simple craving again that's that's how they make money right because Things that are a business, right? Like you got to look at it from a business perspective. Their goal is to get you to buy more of mm-hmm. whatever product they sell, whether that's so- soda, potato chips, whatever the case may be, right? So that's where the self control comes in. Like I don't, I don't have a sweet tooth. I'm very, I'm very, I guess, blessed. My wife is jealous that I don't have one, but I don't, um, I don't, I don't, I don't crave sugar. I crave uh, salty things and like savory mm-hmm. things. So like, I love potato chips. I love bread. I love, uh, you know those kind of things. Obviously I try to limit, uh, those things as much as possible and replace that with protein. So once I get my protein intake, then it's like, okay, I'm going to eat till I'm full. And then that's, that's really it. But, um, you know, one thing too is, is again, I'm going to go back to the omega threes is, you know, straight up olive oil, 
coconut oil, avocado oil. These things are, are very good for you. Um, fish, right? Like, like eating fish is very good for you. Um, there's a lot of research out there on olive oil as well. And it's, uh, it's actually pretty positive. So, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, I love butter. I use, uh, I use a uh, grass fed butter or, or I use ghee sometimes, which is also really good, um, as kind of a replacement. So, you know, I try to avoid like the kind of like the seed oils and the mm-hmm. shitty oils and mm-hmm. stuff like that. They're in most potato chips, but there are other options out there as well. Sure. So again, these small changes you can make, like maybe don't use canola oil to cook your eggs and maybe use butter, right. Or use something else. Small changes like that will, yeah, yeah, will then yield big results. Absolutely. And, you know, I've noticed, you know, I've had, I've had stomach issues for a while. It came from getting my gallbladder removed, which again was the result of a shitty diet that I had. And I've noticed that I have flare ups. I have issues with my stomach when I do eat the, the canola oils or the vegetable oils or things like that. But as I go to something more animal based, not that, not that I'm like one of these crazy carnivore diet guys, but are you the liver king? I'm no? not, I'm not. I followed, I was, I've been following a uh, carnivore MD. Oh my God. That yeah. guy is, you know, he's just like, Hey, I just eat this testicle raw. No, I'm not. Yeah. Hard pass. On yeah. That, not probably. doing that. But, or he's got like a giant hacksaw for his femur that he's going to make. Dude, stop. And you know, he, he likes to leave out the fact that he lives in Costa Rica because you know, that's a whole lot easier. He's to a millionaire. By. Yeah, exactly. Right. He's a millionaire. So he has that going for him. <laughs> right. But anyway, um, I've noticed that like when I use butter or if I use just straight, you know, extra virgin olive oil or something like that. I feel a whole lot more better, more better. That's not good English. Uh, but then, uh, then when I use fine. canola oil, so small things like that, you know, and that's just for quality of life. I, I know that there's a health benefit to it too, but so that way my stomach doesn't hurt for, you know, whatever reason, just small things like that make a big difference, which really, yeah, dude. if and, you're, and it's such small changes, right? Like, okay, just throw away the canola oil, go to the grocery store and go buy some extra virgin olive oil, go buy some grass fed butter. Kerrygold butter is great, right? It comes mm-hmm. from grass fed cows and it's not that expensive. Just those small changes like cheese. Like I do, I love cheese. I eat fucking cheese every day. Mm-hmm. I love, like I, it's probably, that's like my sugar, right? Like I will, if there's cheese in the house, it doesn't last very long here. Right. <laughs> so, um, you know, but again, I make sure that I buy good foods. Like I, I think of food as an investment, right? It's like, sure. oh, like, am I going to save money at the grocery store? Like, I'd rather not buy like a new pair of shoes and like, I'd rather eat a steak. Like, I just, that's just like how I am, right? Mm-hmm. Um, everybody's different. Everybody has their own thing, but you know, you can't skip on fuel, right? Like, you're not going to put shitty gas into your car because then it could fuck up your engine. And then all of a sudden you're having to replace this, replace that, replace this, replace that. You might as well just start taking care of it from the start and then it'll last you forever. It's going to cost you less money later on down the road. Absolutely. And, um, so I, I, we honed in on nutrition, but I'm going to go ahead and touch on the other things you mentioned. So, you know, you want to talk about, you know, working out and that's important, but I think that there's different things with that because we want to talk about functional and, um, training that's actually going to help. I feel like certain levels of training, training. Hey, look at that. that (laughs) Um, you know, you have, some, some guys that focus on one thing and you're like, all right, how's that going to help you on the street? Um, or things like that. A lot of guys with the popcorn muscles, you know, they look big and, and poofy, but can't fight things like that. So if you're, if you're talking to a police officer, what kind of physical training do you recommend them focus on? Yeah. So it's all about being well-rounded, right? And it's all about the things that we've experienced. And I say we like as a community, as like a law enforcement profession, we know that the job goes from sitting in a car 200 miles an hour 
at any point in time, right? Uh, if you've been on the job for any length of time, you've had to hop out of your vehicle and do something probably almost to max capacity. Being able to work at max capacity is really what's important, right? Sitting in your car is not difficult. That's what the fucking problem is, really, most of the time, is you sit in your car too fucking long, you start to, you know, not move, you become kind of stagnant, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, now you're in a foot pursuit, or now you have to go pull somebody out of a vehicle, or you got to drag somebody somewhere. Really, the approach that we take, right, is a minimal effective dose approach, and it's and it's just enough stimulus to create progress, right? It's not, I'm not here going to failure every single time that I go to the gym, because if my job is to perform, right, on the street, but I'm too sore to perform, then what's the point of training, right? So if I'm training for a purpose, and that purpose is to perform on the street, I need to train to perform on the street, not to just train and perform in the gym, then that's it. Because then like performing the gym is, is not going to help me in a foot pursuit, right? I have to make sure that it, it, it transfers over uh, uh, purposefully, right? So, so how do we do that, right? We take a lot of movements. We take a lot of issues. We go through the data and we see where a lot of the issues lie. Lower back, shoulders, knees, the major joints, right? Uh, and then we go, okay, how do we correct this? How do we not maybe correct this, but how do we minimize risk, right? How do we increase strength? Okay, well, we know we need a lot of core work. We know we need a lot of rotational work. We know we need a lot of stability work. Okay, let's start kind of working on those things. Now, we're, you know, we're not sitting there with the bands and doing 100 reps of the bands, right? We are, we do do the isolation work because that stuff is very important, right? Um, but it's in moderation. It's in moderation and it's very, it's done very purposefully, right? So if we can, if we can develop strength, stability while also maintaining agility and mobility that's where the key lies is being able to to transfer over right so of course like you're doing things like deadlifts and bench press and and squats all the big compound lifts are super important right like all those lifts are the basis of strength but it's then how do we apply that um to the street right and so that's kind of where the difference is and that guidance is extremely important right so you you're not having to think about what to do or how to do it. You just show up, you get it done, and then you leave, right? And within an hour, you're getting enough stimulus to produce growth. And that's where a lot of people, I don't want to say have, I, I, and I don't even want to really say a lot because that's not probably accurate. But I would say that we're in instant gratification society. Mm-hmm. And if things don't happen uh, within two weeks, we get pissed. Like, why am I not losing weight? Why am I not getting stronger? Why is my bench press not going up 50 pounds? Like, it's you got to trust the process. And this is a this is a this is a long term change. And I think a lot of people, you know, some people understand that uh, some people don't. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I think that's where the minimal effective dose is extremely important because it's just enough to produce growth. So you're not spending hours and hours in the gym. And that's and that's also mentally fatiguing. If you're spending two or three hours a day in the gym, like you know how boring that is, dude. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Terrible. Absolutely. Right. So. So again, that's that's to kind of answer your question. That's kind of the approach we take is and I, I overall think, fitness and going forward from there. Yeah, I think that the problem is our pop culture, right? Even when we're looking at strong individuals, when we look at someone like The Rock, when we look at someone like Jocko or Joe Rogan, whoever that pinnacle is going to be, that guy on the pedestal. Well, first off, they're rich, so they can afford to spend all that time in the gym. They have a personal chef meal prepping for them. They have all these things going on for them. Or they're on steroids. Uh, or they're on steroids. And <laughs> you look at 
exactly. And you look at all those things and you're like, wow, why do I not look like that person? And I said it in a recent episode, like the rock is paid to look like that. Like that is his job. That is his business to be that size. Not to say that. Well, I mean, look at him before he was in the WWE or WWF, whatever it was. He was, I mean, he was a big guy, but he wasn't that big. You know what I mean? So it all became part of his business model. Um, But when you're talking about someone that would be listening to this podcast for say we're talking on this podcast uh little improvements over time make that the consistency over time is what makes the progress and i think that's the important part is people go to the gym for an hour a couple times a week and they're like why don't i look like that and that but if you look at it over a year two years and so on then you start seeing that progress and that's what we need to look at and that's what we need to look for and i've i've been playing with this forever is i will get a diet, get a nutritional plan, whatever it might be. And I see the instant results and I'm good with it. But then I start seeing like the one off week where there's an uptick and I'm like, ah, oh, it's all over. It's, it's ruined, whatever. And then I, you know, <laughs> right. But when you start looking at the, the grand scheme, and I think that's kind of the theme for this whole episode is looking at the grand scheme and it's like, oh, like it, it is working over time. It's just, you know, when you look too close at anything, it's going to be not favorable. You have to look at everything right. in the grand scheme. Well, for those that may not really understand what we're saying. If you look at, let's look at it from like a financial investment perspective, right? When you invest money in something, stocks go up and down all the time, right? When you look at the week of the stock, it may be up and down crazy, but you zoom out two years of an investment. And if it's in an upward angle, it's a good investment. Mm -hmm. You're getting a return on your investment. Of course it's going to go down. That's just how the, that's just how the world works. That's how the body works. You're going to plateau. You're going to reach you're going to reach a point in time where if you haven't been training and you train, you're going to see results relatively quickly. If you're overweight, you're going to drop weight a lot faster for someone who's been training for so long for them to get 10 pounds more on a bench press can take years, right? It can take years. It can take massive amounts of training and fine tuning a program in order for them to gain. Right? So again, when you're working in that top 1%, change is very small. But if you're, if you're kind of newer to the game, then you're obviously going to see a lot more growth mm-hmm. and a lot more change, which is good. And again, it's in that cycle of, of when you see that change, good change is contagious, right? Like, I don't care. Like, I don't care who you are. When you see someone, we just had a guy, I just had him on the podcast. He's been an EFT member for a year. His name is Jeremy. He's a cop in Tennessee. Just had him on the podcast. Great dude. He lost a hundred pounds in a year, right? And I had him on the podcast and he's first podcast he's ever been on country boy, like super good guy. Right. I just asked him like, you know, what did you said, dude, when you start seeing change, like it's, you just want more, Oh yeah. but really what helped him was his support system. And I think that's where we, we as a profession are really quick to tear down people that are trying to do good things, or we don't support people that are doing good things or trying to improve their life. Right. Cause maybe you're not trying to improve your life. So you're going to make fun of somebody that is right. That does, that's, that's not really, uh, and, and that can be with business. It can be with personal life. It can be with your fitness. It can be in whatever, mm-hmm. right? So having that community is also very important. Having that support, whether it's from from your spouse or from your partner or whatever people label themselves these days, um, you know that's also very important. Is having that is having that kind of structure there. So yeah, I I think that's super important. Right. I th- I really like what you just talked about. So we're gonna stick on it for a little bit. Like Please. what you said earlier about you know the biggest threat to law enforcement is law enforcement itself. We are so natural to be nasty to each other in the police department or sheriff's office, whatever it might be. And when you see someone 
who, let's just say, you know, you're you, right? And you see someone who is overweight, unhealthy, whatever. Either, I feel it's all too often we rag on them. Um, we ignore them in that way where instead of be like, Hey man, you want to like, you want to work in the gym with me? You want to do, why are we so hesitant to reach out? Or if we do see that guy in the gym or whatever it might be, you know, I, I feel like we're so standoffish and yet we consider ourselves family. And a lot of times we see each other more than our family, but we don't, we're not willing to help each other out. So I agree. You need to have whatever your life partner is. Uh, you need to have that support there too, but it's so toxic that we don't support each other in, in the job as well. And I think that's culturally something that we really need to fix. Yeah. And so I'm very guilty of it too. Okay. So I see this in two sides. One is when you took this job, you're an adult, you're professional. Like you should know better. Like you don't get on a plane and hope for a subpar pilot. Mm -hmm. Like you want a good pilot flying this plane because if he's a not a great pilot. It could end very tragically for you. Well, same as in this profession. If you have backup and your subpar backup, well, I'd rather sometimes you stay in your fucking car and I'll figure it out myself, right? Like you as a professional uh, should should take obviously ownership and responsibility of your physical well-being mm -hmm. uh, and your physical and capable skills, right? Those are super important. So I also feel like, uh, one, it's like, I shouldn't have to babysit somebody. I shouldn't have to tell you, hey, you shouldn't be fat. You should fucking know you should be fat, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, but again, on the flip side of that is it's really easy to point a finger and say, you're a fat piece of shit. That's great. Call them out all day long. I'm all about that life. But then provide something to them. Right. Provide them a direction. Provide them a solution. Provide them a resource in order to improve their life. Because again, it takes nothing to type a comment and say, oh, look at this fat cop. Cool. Well, what are you doing about it? Mm -hmm. Nothing? All right. Well, then sh you can shut the fuck up too. Right. Yeah. So, dude, I'm, I get criticized all the time of, oh, all you do is just post this stuff about cops. And I go, yeah, you know what's free information we give out? Free resources, blogs, workouts, nutrition help, downloads, mm -hmm. free workouts, free combatives guides, everything. Like we give away so much value because that's what I want people to realize that there is resources out there right. that you don't have to spend any money. You implement these small things and you're going to see change. It may not be in, 72 hours it may be in 72 days you start to see change mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right but again it's very easy in this profession to point a finger it's not it's not that easy to develop a resource and provide something to help somebody out so again i'm all about calling people out on their bullshit sure. and holding people accountable 10 out of 10 i will do that all day long but i'm also about going are you willing to make a change yes okay Let's get you, let's get you pointed in the right direction. Let's help change your life. Let's make you a better person and a better police officer. A better person first is going to make a better police officer, right? So let's focus on that and go from there. Mm -hmm. I think you're, I think you nailed it completely. Obviously there needs to be ownership of yourself, right? And I've always, always said like, you have no business being in this job if you are not willing to be at your peak, right? Like this is agreed. This is not Wendy's where you can just kind of loaf it in one day. No, this is uh, pretty much the highest level of responsibility in a profession, right? I mean, literally life or death for you, yourself, others, um, whether it be partners or the public, right? So, yes, absolutely. I just what, – what my part was was don't be, don't be too good, right? You know, I'm too good for that to help 
your brother like or sister. If you see someone who's struggling, like you said, don't just point the finger, offer some help. Now, if you offer that help and they are just not taking it, well, then that's on them. That's on them at that then point. Then start making memes. Yeah, exactly. And here we are. Yeah, here we are. But it, it, <laughs> it does. It comes down to that extreme ownership. And I feel like people listening to this, I would think by clicking on this episode, understand that, right? Like they know that this is my life, my career, but it's also everybody around me's life re- relies on my ability to do this job and do this job well. Yeah. I mean, it, like I always tell people, you can ask yourself this simple question. Would you want you coming to save you? Think about that for a second. And would you want, if you were in dire need and you needed someone to help, would you want you coming in? Like, oh yeah, I'd want you coming to save me. Really? You would? Truly? You would? Like, <laughs> and it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, I, I, and if you can confidently say I'm very capable in my physical ability, my hands-on skills, my firearms, my tactics, my driving, my communication skills, my case law knowledge. Yes. My medical ability, right? Those things like, Hey man, was the last time you, when's the last time you trained putting a tourniquet on? Uh, well in service. So for 15 minutes in 365 days. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. And, and so now you're expected to do it, you know, to a certain standard in an actual critical incident mm-hmm. where your blood pressure is, is high, your heart rate's high, everything's high. And, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's, and you may do it cause you may be a, a very capable person, but you know, it's just like you said, everything that we talked about is a perishable skill mm-hmm. and it's just always trying to maintain a baseline, but also improving that baseline every single, you know, every single chance you can get. Right. That whole idea of, would you want you to save you? That's, that's got to resonate. Like imagine, I mean, I'm just, I'm just, my mind went all over the place. Like that scene in uh, end of watch where uh, the, the, I think I want to say the lady cop is being like beaten up by the big fuck. And uh, the two guys got there and it's like, okay, who, who's coming to save you? Right. Like, if I'm if I'm being held hostage, right, gun to my head, and I got the guy behind, I want the best shot coming down the pipe. You know what I mean? <laughs> Damn right you do. <laughs> so I need to be that best shot, and I think that's a really good way. That's good context for it, you know. So it is important that we we train a lot and we train frequently, and I think yeah. that's that's kind of where I wanted this conversation to go. So I think we naturally just went is we have all these different skills we need to train on and train on them a lot and and meal prepping and physical and shooting all that. But we also need to maintain a good work-life balance. We have lives outside of the job. We have families. Um, we have hobbies. We, you know, we don't want to forget that part too. How do we balance all of that? How do we make sure that we are good and beyond good for the job, but also ourselves off duty as well? Right. So I, I will go ahead and preface it with this. I'm not an expert. I can say what's worked for me and mm-hmm. what's worked for a lot of other people. So, you know, again, I'm not, I'm not all knowing just a dude that knows a dude like you. Right. So when it comes to training and that work life balance, that's, that's a, that's a very, very important topic. How do I, how do I become that person who I want to save myself? Right. Like, but then how do I also spend time with my, with my kids, with my wife, with, you know, with my partner? Cause I have a wife, I have kids, Right. I don't really talk about it much because I try to keep my, my private life private, but it's about quality, right? It's about quality of training, not quantity. And I think people think that if they do something a lot, they're going to get good at it. Well, you can be doing uh, a lot of things the wrong way, and then mm-hmm. you're just not 
really going to go anywhere, right? So this is why it's important to optimally train, right? And I use that word a lot because it's such a good word. It's such a strong, it makes me sound smarter than I actually am <laughs> most of the time, but it's a, it's a great word. So if you develop, if you train, if you're spending your time in, more importantly, your time, you know, cause you, cause you can make more money, right? You can't make more time. So where do I, where do I spend my time? Okay. I want to do the least amount of work possible. It's going to take the shortest amount of time to get maximum benefit, the minimal effective dose. Okay. You apply that to everything, diet, nutrition, fitness, defensive tactics, case law knowledge. What is, what, what resources are out there that produce that? Okay. And that's kind of what we created as it pertains to effective fitness and effective fitness combatives, right? And what short amount of time can I train a cop to be effectively hands-on? Right? Like, how can I, how can I train them? What system can I show them? What system can they train in order to, uh, you know, have X skills? Okay. So that, so, so that balance is certain is, is kind of important. So now we know that we need quality training, which is going to save us time. Okay. Now what's important is the self-assessment side of where do I need to apply that training? So now how do I assess myself in order to know where to apply this quality training and spend my time. Because if you're, let's say you're a black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, okay, and you're, and you're a police officer and you're like, I'm going to spend all my time on defensive tactics, probably not necessary, mm-hmm. okay? Because one, you have, you have about 10 years, let's just say it takes a person 10 years to become a black belt. That's about the average, okay? You have 10 years of mat training, consistent mat training, two to three times a week on the mats for 10 years, of controlling another human. You probably don't need, maybe you learn a little bit of, of, of certain techniques that kind of carry over to the law enforcement world that may not work in sport. Great. You work on that twice a week because that's just what you like to do. Okay. You say, I'm not a very good shooter because there's a lot of issues in law enforcement where the DT guys won't get with the shooting guys and the shooting guys won't get with mm-hmm. the DT guys. And there's, there's, and there's a, a separation. And for why? Cause usually <laughs> they, they go hand in hand. You're right. Right. So let's say, you know what, I'm not a great shooter. I, I, I have issues drawing my weapon and, you know, getting, uh, you know, focus on a target, trigger press, whatever the case may be. Right. Okay. Well, I need to find someone that can help me with this. Okay. So I'm going to start to dry fire. I'm going to dry fire two minutes every day, every single day. So two, two times minutes. seven is 14 minutes. So you have 14 minutes a week that you're spending on dry firing. At 14 minutes a week is huge. It's math. It's massive. I can't. I can't tell you if you do ten draws a day from your duty holster, how much faster you'll be in two weeks. It'll be. It'll be mind blowing how much faster. Okay, fourteen minutes there, right? Things you can do at your house, things that are free, cost no money. All of those cost you. Right, time, you're going to get okay? dressed for work anyway. Might as well do it while you're getting dressed. Right, and plus you should be PMing your gear anyways. You should be looking at your holster, the quality of your holster, make sure. You're Make sure your magazines aren't busted up. Make sure your gun cycling, you know, properly. You should do this every time before you get on shift. You should load your gun. You should load your gun every time you get on shift. Don't just throw your belt on and go, okay, I'm going to work because I, I think it's loaded. You should know before you get on shift and have that confidence of your gun. When you draw it out, there's a round in the chair. Right. right? When it goes click instead of bang, of where, that's a... Right. We, we want to bang instead of a click, right? And we've seen body cam footage of that happening of actual offers going to draw and they go to depress the trigger and they press it and it goes click and not bang. And then you're like, fuck, <laughs> you know, um, that's not a good feeling. Right. So, so anyways, to kind of get back is that self assessment is extremely important. So finding what your weaknesses are and then 
creating a plan, creating a plan and having a plan. You may go, well, I don't know where to start. And that's where the community comes in. That's where the resources come in. That's where it's okay to question and ask. And before you invest your hard-earned money and, and, and your you know, irreplaceable time, spend the time vetting your instructors. Spend the time vetting the program you're spending your money on. Understand that things don't happen overnight. That's super important. And then from there, you have to trust the process. That process isn't a straight line up. It's not, it's not vertical. It's not even a diagonal line. It's going to be in a diagonal trend upward, but it's not going to be straight. You're going to go up and down, up and down, up and down. And that's where then you can step back every couple months and go, okay, what do I need to assess? I've been training. Okay, I really suck at jujitsu. Okay, I really suck at my DT. I need to train three times a week. Okay, so three hours a week, you're going to be on the mats. Okay, three to four hours a week. Most cops should be there anyways, Mm -hmm. consistently. Now, there are things that I feel like some people should do more often than others. Like, I think you should be training on the mats regardless of how good you are twice a week. That's it. Twice a week. Uh, One, it's great exercise. Two, you're learning a a life skill, and now you're learning a skill that that directly affects your job. Mm -hmm. Um, So to answer your question, quality of training, self-assessment, they both go together and then learn how to reassess, and that's how you're going to grow. Perfect. That's how you're going to save time as well and keep that work-life balance, right? So knowing you're not spending one hour every single day on every single discipline, so you're not spending five hours every day on every single discipline, right. you're spending maybe maybe 20 minutes. But again, you can, bro, you can be taking a shit reading case law. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, it's, all, it's all about how you utilize that time too, right? Because right. don't get me wrong. I'm glad that a lot of you guys take shits and look at my memes. That, that helps me a lot. But I do. Yeah. I take shits and look at your memes I, all the time. I appreciate that. I love it. I love, I love knowing that your pants are down and you're, and you're thinking of me. Always. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, I, I, there are so many different ways that you can utilize your time. Or if you're driving in the car, I never liked listening to podcasts or audiobooks while I was working just because my attention's elsewhere. But if you're just driving, right? Like I drive a lot right now. So I spend a lot of time. I could listen to the same music that I've listened to since I was a teenager and I do a lot, but I could also spend that time learning something, reading a book or listening to a book or a podcast or something. So keep that in mind as well. There are plenty of options out there, not just mine, but there's also Adam and there's a bunch of other ones out there that do have resources out there. So I I agree. It's definitely the utilization of time. So one thing too is, 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 talk about trying to spend time with your family and this is something that's i think becoming increasingly popular and i'm so glad it is is law enforcement officers starting a business Mm -hmm. starting a second business being able to bring in some additional income in order to spend more time with their family so they're not working some stupid off duty at a at a bar or hospital or a bank or whatever and possibly getting into a use of force there and then fucking great now i got into a use of force you know during an off duty Right, right. We're, we're sure it is, it is good money. It's easy money. Blah 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 blah. All that kind of stuff. But, but you know, I I really do encourage, and, and I'm I actually have some stuff in the works, uh, like kind of as it pertains. I get I do get asked a lot, like how do you start your business? How do you do this? How do you do that? And I always tell guys, I'm like, do it, just do it, because man, like, and you may fail, like you may fail at business. You may not be. I mean, I my. Shit, my first two businesses went absolutely nowhere, straight in the trash can, uh, and that's okay. I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't let it bother me, you know. Um, but I think that's also very beneficial, right? It may be tough to get started at the kind of at the beginning and kind of get some cash flow and all that stuff, 
But then all of a sudden, if you're making enough to where you can spend more time with your family as opposed to working an off duty, I think that's uh, I think that's super important as well. So guys, don't be people that are listening. Don't be scared to start a business. Don't be scared, you know, to do that. Reach out to me. I talk to people all the time that I don't even know about business and 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 specifically cops. You know, I it ended up being my full time job now. Like and and I again I employ uh, fuck. 20 active cops right now right. that are not having to work off duties because they make, they make enough to, you know, supplement their income and, and spend more time with their family, man. Like it, it means worlds to me when one of my guys goes, Hey, uh, I got to spend the week at Orlando with my, with my, uh, two girls. Right. And I'm like, Dude, this is exactly why we do this. Like yeah. this is, this is that right there, dude. Like you can't, what there's absolutely nothing better than that. So no, that is, yeah. that is huge motivation. So besides the training stuff, as it, you know, kind of pertains to saving time for your family, you know, this job isn't, you're not gonna get rich in this job. It's just not, it's just not going to happen. Right. That's not how it's oh. designed. It should be, but it's not. So it should be, it should be. Now that's a whole different issue, but I do believe that, that, that man, there are, there are so many cops out there that are fucking active guys that are making, they're crushing it, dude. And they're, whether it's, a law enforcement related profession or not. I know guys are doing fencing, mm-hmm. right? Like they, they like build fences, bro. They make more money doing that than they do being a cop, but they're still a full-time police officer. Yeah. I know guys that are pressure washing houses. I know guys that are doing like doing what I'm doing, doing the online stuff. Uh, well now in the in-person training, crushing it. I mean, look at Will Petty from centerfuge. Oh yeah. Will's oh, yeah. Will's, I mean, multi seven figure business. Mm-hmm. Like, and he's still an active cop and he employs active cops. He's crushing it, you know? Yeah. So you can do it guys. Uh, and I definitely suggest you, you at least attempt to. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Def- I mean, one of the biggest things I've noticed in the last year for me, not being a police officer is just reutilizing my time because I, I burned out because I did too much overtime. You know, I, I spent too much time working and in uniform and, and cause yeah, the money was great and it occupied my time and all that. But now, you know, my current position doesn't really have that opportunity as much. So reutilizing my time. And I think, you know, I really kind of figured out, and I'm sure maturity has something to do with it too, but really refining what I want in life instead of what I think I need and uh, it definitely makes all the difference, dude. That's huge. What you just said, what you what you want versus what you need, yeah. man, man. If people if people actually knew what that fucking meant, uh, or even just what like, they felt like, I think that's even like, bro. Yeah, this is the thing: financial responsibility, right? Uh, what you need, you know, what you want. I want a lot of things, dude. I want a Porsche. Mm-hmm. I love a Porsche. Mm-hmm. I love a pool. I don't have any of those things. Okay. Maybe, maybe, you know, maybe one day in the near future, if I keep working hard enough and I work smart enough. Right. But again, I don't, I don't need those things. Right. Mm-hmm. I need to provide for my family. Um, I need to provide for law enforcement officers. I need to get, I need to keep providing the best training possible from EFT and EFC. And I need to be there for my team who helps provide that resource, who teaches, right? Like, you know, I'm just one guy. I'm just the visionary. I have implementers. I have instructors. I have guys like most people on the EFC side. I am the least qualified as it pertains to paper experience than anybody on that team. Everybody on the team is the majority is high level degree black belt, 15 to 20 plus years in law enforcement. The majority are active guys. They're 
active jiu-jitsu competitors, MMA guys, D1 or D2 wrestlers. Like, I'm a purple belt that's been training. I've been grappling for six years, and I have seven years of uh, law enforcement experience. So I give these guys who who need to be out here teaching other cops, like, dude, they need this, right? Mm-hmm. They, they need, this is what's important to me. So I need to provide for my family. I need to provide for my companies. I need to provide for my team. That's it. Nothing else. Sure, everything else is just nice to have. Right. It's just gravy, right, mm-hmm. as some people like to say. But it's, it's not necessary. So I think what you said right there, what you want versus what you need, uh, is extremely important. And then when you get to a place where you can get things that you want, then uh, good for you. Right, when you right? reach that like level, that's, yeah. Right, that's, that's, that's always a strive. Like, because everybody's, uh, what's his name, um, Andrew Tate, right? Like, everybody's all about, like, the top G, I guess is what we mm-hmm. will call him now. Like, everybody sees this stuff. That motherfucker works hard. Like, you look at, if you look at everybody, you look at the Liver King, you look at all these other, like, like very eccentric people, Bro, they're very successful. Mm-hmm. They're they're like, dude. I mean, fuck. The Liver King makes one hundred fifty million dollars a year, which is nut, which is nuts, right? Like, yeah. But again, if I had to give advice to anybody listening, uh, as it as it pertains to the business side of things, um, that's what's going to give you a lot more freedom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, is is the ability to to kind of be your own boss? Um, and again, I got out in twenty twenty, and uh, uh, I'm I'm happy. I work more. Uh, it's just a different kind of stress. I work more, but I, I love what I do. Uh, I'm still impacting the profession. Um, you know, my team is just, they're just, dude, they're so legit, dude. Mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. and I'm not just saying that cause they're my team. I'm just saying that because like we vet, we vet our instructors, just like you should vet your training. These are the, these are best of the best guys. Like it's very hard to find a better group of guys uh, and girls that are, that are just, straight up professionals yes we like memes and we talk shit to each other all that stuff all that basic stuff but man like this is what's going to change the profession this is this is what's going to change the culture is is these conversations and and people people just realizing the quality that's necessary yep i agree completely and i think a lot of people will listen or will go into this mindset of like changing their lifestyle and everything. And they get worried about the time management. And like we said, but it's really quality over quantity. And I think that that kind of nails the whole thing home, Adam. So we're going to get ready to wrap up, but I do have some questions. The last minute questions yeah, for you. These are going to be kind of, uh, th- don't think about them too hard. Just uh, kind of answer them as you go. Here we go. What's the best book you've read recently? I don't read books. Okay. That works. But podcasts. Okay. What's the best um, podcast you've listened to? to- Yes, I'm a podcast. I listen to uh, uh, the Huberman Lab, Dr. Huberman. I listen to Alex Hermosi for business growth, uh, for business advice. And then, of course, Joe Rogan. I'm just a huge Joe Rogan fan. And that's those are probably my top three. But okay. I, don't, I don't actually read books. I'll read snippets of articles, and I, I watch a lot of instructionals. So I'm a big, like, pod, I'm also not good at reading. I'm from South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Like, well, <laughs> I'm, like, big words scare me on paper. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Audible changed my life. Like I, I have this whole bookshelf yes. and I've read maybe two of the books here, but I've downloaded them on Audible and I've read the books there. So exactly. Cause it's basically, it's like a glorified podcast at that. Point. I mean, dude, like you think about time management, I can listen to a, I can listen to a podcast and work out. Right. Two birds, one stone. Yeah, Carry exactly. <laughs> my, my favorite thing is to do uh, an hour walk. It's about three and a half miles and then Perfect. listen to a book or listen to a podcast. Dude, you get in your fucking, 
your stupid mental health walk in. That's what I call them, the uh-huh, stupid mental uh-huh. health walk. And you're also getting your audio, dude. Beautiful. Carry on with that. That's, a, that's exactly. A, that's a, uh, next thing, stuff. what's what is something that you do to ground yourself? Hang out with my kids. That's it. My kids are my life, dude. What is something you do for self care? Hang out with my kids uh, and train jujitsu. Okay. Would you open up an envelope with your death date inside of it? No. I would not. No. I like surprises. Okay. Good. Would you be friends with yourself? No. I'm an introvert. I don't even like people. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. Um, Actually, that's that's actually a really good question. Yeah, I think I'm a cool guy. I'm a realist. So if you – and I – I like uh, I like the brutality of realism. So if you can't handle that, then probably. But yeah, I think I could be friends with myself. That's kind of a weird question, but yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. Um, what do you want from other people? Nothing. Nobody owes me anything. Um, but I I think uh, if I had to say, it'd probably just be nice. It's not that hard. It's free. Mm-hmm. What sort of impact are you looking to make and how will you make it? Leave the earth better than I left it, I guess. Um I don't want to be like worshipped or famous or any of that shit. Um, I just uh, would want to leave the earth burn. I left it. That's really it, man. Mm-hmm. And I think by your active service, right? First in law enforcement, now yeah, behind the I, scenes, uh, I think that's a good way of accomplishing that. Yeah, I, I think what I'm doing is creating change. I think what my team is doing is creating change. Um, and every single individual on my team is creating change. And I take a lot of pride in that. And uh, I'm very confident that we'll do so. And we've already made a massive impact. And uh, the fact that it's been massive and it's only been maybe 2% or, or maybe not even 1% of the profession, um, we have a lot of work to do. Mm-hmm. So, um, But, you know, yeah. I think of it as like the ripple effect, right? Like you may touch 10 cops and then that's going to go to their circle and then it's going to go out. So Absolutely. Yes. So I think that's kind of where, you know, because when you think about the philosophy and the culture of law enforcement, you know, it's easy to look at a small agency, right? Like one of these little podunks with five people and the chief is also the detective and the, you know, squad, <laughs> yeah. you know, that you can affect change pretty simply, right? Because it's not a lot of minds that you need to change. But I look at something like a Chicago, right? They're massive. How am I going to, but. If you get one person in there to start taking that your information or to start cha- taking this change of mind and just go through their precinct and their district and it just kind of goes and goes and goes, you never know. It yep. could have a, a gigantic ripple effect. That's the goal, brother. The next one. How do you define yep. the word friendship? I would define the word friendship uh, with trust and loyalty. If I can trust you and I think you're loyal and you're my friend. And that can be with everything. Like I, I don't have very many. I have a lot of acquaintances. Mm-hmm. I don't have very many friends. There are very few people that would call me and go, I need you to hop in this car, no questions asked, and we got to do stuff. I need your help. I can't tell you what it is. You can never ask me about it later, and we're going to hurt some people. Whose car are we going to take? There's maybe like five people I would do that for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so, fair. I always, I always keep my circle small, and that's done on purpose. How do you define the word happy, and what makes you happy? Happy, what makes me happy? Um... It's a hard question to answer, dude. I don't even know. Uh, nobody's ever asked me that before. What makes me happy? What makes me happy? Spending time with my family um, and my friends, um, and uh, affecting change makes me happy. What is happy? That I don't know, brother. I actually, I would, I'd have to sit on that and probably have a drink about a fourth of whiskey, and then <laughs> you get a legit answer nice. on that one. Um, I, uh, I mean, I mean, I'll be honest with you, like I. I do struggle with, I mean, I've struggled with depression for a while, not like 
clinically, just like more like depressive thoughts, mm-hmm. not necessarily like being depressed. It's kind of because of the stress or whatever, but I, uh, I mean, overall I am very happy with my life. Um, I love my family. I love my job. I love what I do. I love having conversations. Ask me that during the next podcast and I might have an answer okay. for you. Okay. We'll get you. Yeah. Um, that's good though. I like, I like kind of making the wheels turn a little bit. Cause I mean, happy yeah, is a feeling. It's hard to put into words, but when you, it is. So I mean, I'm happy now. Like I'm not, I'm not sad now. I'm happy, but to define what happy is, like I don't, yeah, I don't know. All right, we'll we'll get you on part three. That's fine. And the yeah, last, yeah, that's right. There you go. <laughs> stay tuned for part three. Uh, and the the go. last question I got for you, man. Uh, what do you think is the meaning of life? Wow, man, shit. Um, the meaning of life. I mean, biologically, it's to reproduce and then you die, <laughs> right? That's actually like the technical meaning of life. So. You plant your seed, seed grows, and you're like, I'm out, right? Right, right. Um, Thanks for all the fish. I think the meaning of life is is to advance advance civilization, to to actually prosper. I don't feel like we're doing that now. Right, in, I was gonna say we're doing world. a bang up job of that um, right now. I feel like we're doing the fucking opposite because I know we've had, I know we've been like at a population decline, but I think that the meaning of life is to is to continue life, and I I, I think that's very important. I think that you can continue life. Uh, either raising a shitty human or raising a good human, um, and I think that's I think that's what the world needs is is more good humans. So, meaning of life, procreate, raise good humans, and then just and then just keep on, man. Like that's super important. I mean, I, dude, if I could have twenty kids, I would. I I fucking love kids. I love my boys. I only have two. Um, my poor wife's vagina could maybe <laughs> handle two more. Other than that, they're gonna start falling out. So, um, yeah, brother, I. Uh, that's also a loaded question. What's the meaning of life for you? I'm gonna throw that back at you. What's it for you? Oh man, no one's ever, no one's ever uh, re-returned that. Yeah, I yeah, think, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it kind of depends if you're gonna be talking about like microcosm, like what the meaning of life to me is, or or to the grand scheme. But I think just to be content. I think mm. focusing on what like you it. can control and being content with what you've controlled, like. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter to me what Joe Biden does, what Vladimir Putin does. Like, you know, those things are going to happen. Nothing that me sitting in this chair is going to impact any They're of beyond that. you. Correct. Yeah. So as long as I can affect change in my life with what I can contra- change and control, um, that's the most important. And that's the meaning of it, you know, to make sure that my little circle is happy and prosperous. That's it. Beautiful. That, that's, dude, that's that's absolutely perfect. Oh, Again, you. I don't think there's any right or wrong answer. I think it's no, all, neither I do I. All, I mean, uh, even if someone subjective. says, you know, my my goal is to be Joe Biden or you know be the president. Okay, cool. That's you know that's something that I've been yeah. I've been working on recently is when when I'm thinking about things and like someone hits me with a shitty opinion, shitty take on something. I go, you know what? That's your truth, right? Like live your truth. If that's if that's what's right to you, that's what's right to you. It doesn't mean I have to accept it. It's not mine, but. Right. And I mean, there are levels, obviously, if someone is just batshit crazy, all right, you're batshit crazy, but it's still their truth, you know? Yeah, that's, hey, dude, hey, look, that's the thing is, 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 are you a good person? Are you morally just and sound? And and that's, I think that's what's important for me. I think that's it. I think if we had, I think if more people just were nice in this world, like just were nice, and just like you said, just, just be like, hey, we have different opinions. Sweet, dude. Let's carry on. Like, Mm -hmm. like I... That's and and two, I think that cell phones have obviously 
uh, haven't, haven't, haven't helped the situation. I think they've done a lot of good. They've also done a lot of bad. So, uh, dude, I, I really appreciate you answering that question back. Cause I know a lot of people, uh, probably don't do that to you, but no, I had to no. reverse, you know, you real quick. Hey, I'm good with it. I, I like it. I like a challenge. Awesome, um, Adam, Good's if tough. anyone wants to get in contact with you, if they got questions about some of the services you offer or anything like that, how do they reach you? Sure. Yeah. So uh, if you'd like to contact effective fitness, uh, you can obviously go on the Instagram effective.fitness training. Um, and you can send a DM. We answer every single DM there. We provide a lot of resource. You click the link, uh, link in the bio, you'll see free workouts, push up, pull up programs. We write blogs once a month. We do free downloads, like night shift tips, uh, really things to help kind of, uh, benefit the profession. We also do have a fitness program that is available. And then on the combative side, EF combatives on Instagram, uh, we post a lot of free techniques, uh, Jay Wadsworth is director of combatives there. He's the, uh, he's kind of the face of the company. Um, we do in-person classes. We have a bunch of classes right now available all over the country. Um, 2022 is, is already booked up completely. Obviously it's already almost over, but 2023 is getting booked up. Uh, we're going to have classes in California, Florida, New York, Virginia, West Virginia, Texas, Michigan, basically all over the country. So if you guys are interested in hosting a class, feel free to either send us a DM or you can email J at J J a Y at E F combatives.com, or you can check out the website E F combatives.com. So uh, those are the ways to get in touch with anybody there. If you'd like to get in touch with me, uh, you can attempt to send me a DM on police post. Mm -hmm. I will attempt to get back to you. Uh, I don't ignore people on purpose. I just get a lot of DMS and uh, um, yeah, so I will, try to get back to you so perfect those are the best ways all right man i appreciate your time and conversation as always i appreciate you brother everybody listen stay tuned we'll be right back to wrap this up unstoppable unpopable thought bubbles untoppable thoughts fucking juggernaut that'll stomp you in the verse obstacles i'm drawn to them when they're going got us some of what i done fought it was the worst little sissy who the fuck taught you how to persevere there ain't no situation that you ever had to respond to that's adverse messiest thing you've ever gone through is your purse yeah i don't cry like hell and i might as well hang it up like a shell gotta keep rolling with it evolve cause you can keep throwing shit at the wall but you're gonna find and nothing's gonna stick until you apply yourself time to slip in that zone till i find myself inside the realm of the unknown and boldly go in the waters where nobody else has gone before I'm willing to go uncharted, feeling it so calm I'm feeling myself calm, I'm trying sometimes I gotta remind myself that I am phenomenal I mean, it, it, to me it just makes complete sense Not to us But I don't, like <laughs> Okay, so <laughs> See, we All right. What you, usually, I'm sleeping at 4am yeah. you're, you're working out So well, talk about that Okay, so if, if, if your job is to try to be the best basketball player you can be mm -hmm. Right? To do that, you have to practice, you have to train, right? You want to train as much as you can, as often as you can. So if you get up at 10 in the morning, train at 11, right? 12, say 12, train at 12, train for two hours, 12 to two. Um, you have to let your body recover. So you eat, recover, whatever. You get back out, you train, start training again at six. Train from six to eight, right? And now you go home, you shower, you eat dinner, you go to bed, you wake up, you do it again, right? Those are two sessions. Right now, imagine you wake up at three, you train at four, you go four to six, come home, breakfast, relax, so, so, blah, blah, blah. Now you're back at it again, nine to 11, right? You relax, and now all of a sudden you're back at it again, two to four, and now you're back at it again, you know, seven to nine. Look how much more training I have done by simply starting at four, right? And so now you do that, and as the years go on, the separation 
that you have with your competitors and your peers just grows larger and larger and larger and larger and larger. And by year five or six, doesn't matter how, what kind of work they do in the summer, they're never going to catch up because they're five years behind. <laughs> right? So it makes sense to get up and start your day early because you can get more work in. Listen, it's not that hard, guys. Going to the gym, meal prepping, or finding ways to eat right, jujitsu, firearms, studying case law. I came up with the concept for this episode back in the spring, following Adam and I's first conversation. I was like, how in the hell is it even possible to achieve all that's needed to be an effective police officer, let alone a good one or a great one, and then also still have a healthy home life? It's all about prioritization of your time and effort. Now, there are some training companies out there that will flat out say, don't have any downtime, don't hang out with your friends on weekends, blah, 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 blah. You should always come to one of our trainings. And I'm flat out telling you that that ain't the way either. Like Adam and I discussed, there are some non-negotiables for law enforcement. One, you need to be in shape. A fat cop is a dangerous cop and not for the good ways. If you cannot run a mile and then shoot accurately downrange, that's a problem. And it's double a problem because I know some of you can't qualify on a static range, let alone when your stress is up. That brings me up to number two. You need to be able to shoot. The chances of you getting into shooting is highly unlikely. However, when you actually need to break leather and put rounds down range, you need that accuracy. It could be your life. It could be your partner's life. It could be a citizen's life. Train on the range and train in high stress situations. And number three, know how to control another person's body. I don't care if it's wrestling, Aikido, Jiu-Jitsu. Train a martial art that requires manipulating the body. A pure strike-based martial art is not effective for law enforcement. It'll help you a little bit, but body control is really the thing we need. Grappling, body control, that's the most important. So actually, go check out episode 3-2. We talk about that even more so, and I have some uh, videos on YouTube and Instagram that highlight that. Everything else can be built over time. Obviously, you need to know how to communicate with people. You need to know how to write a good report so that way your shit doesn't get shut down in court quicker than it's going to anyway. You need to know what laws you can and can't enforce. Those are all important. But these top three, the three that I just mentioned, if you don't have those, you better get to changing. And again, full transparency. Before I left the job, I was average or below average at all three of those aspects for one reason or another. And a year on the sidelines, they've only become... More important for on-duty officers, and my skills have, have lapped. I mean, I haven't, I haven't needed a, any of that. So all that being said, if you hit the basics, right, the stuff that I told you about, and you got, got a good baseline of everything else, and now you want to start going to the senior circuit, the upper echelon, you want to be the high performer of law enforcement, you want to be Kenny Williams, you want to be Dennis Benino, you want to be all these, these big names with the, with the cool pictures and Brad Gilmore's and things like that. Of course, I'm only naming the street cop guys because those are, you know, those are the household names. I don't, you know, um, what does it take? What steps do you need to become the top tier law enforcement officer? Don't worry. We got some, we got some things for you. I went ahead and went back to that article from earlier in the episode. And we're going to talk about it right now. One, you need to focus on your goals. What is your goal? Where do you see yourself over the next five years? Not in the next five years, over the next five years. When I was a rookie, I literally sat down and wrote out my goal list with an approximate time frame for each of those goals. When I was a rookie, my goals were to be on patrol for a while, then become an FTO. I wanted to join the bike squad. I wanted to join uh, street crimes, then eventually go to CID. And whatever the steps in between that were to be accessed that along the way, I wanted to do all those things. In the first five years of my career, I was in patrol and I was successful. I was told repeatedly I could not be an FTO, so I didn't do that. I joined Crime Scene instead. 
Then I joined our problem-oriented policing unit, which was a mix of our bike squad and street crimes and also narcotics investigations. And if I didn't leave, I was setting up to go to CID to be a detective. And now at my new place, I have my own new set of goals. Like first was to join our SISM team, our crisis in, or critical incident stress management team, and already did that. And then I've got more going on from there. So set your goals, it's a great band by the way, and work towards achieving them. Set goals and work towards achieving them. Number two, show consistent effort. Again, you're not always going to be feeling cash money and that's okay. But what I've been saying for weeks, consistent effort over time will breed progress. So whatever that goal is, whatever those goals are, you need to consistently work towards it and show consistent effort. That mean, That's not saying you don't have a bad day here and there. You don't loaf it in, whatever. I mean, you should give yourself the fighting chance to do well in your job and achieve your goals, but... Listen, I, I'm, I'm being realistic. You can't go 100%. It is a marathon, not a sprint. Always remember that. I, that's a big thing. Number three, manage your time. This goes back to what I was saying before. Make use of your time wisely. Car rides can be learning time if you have Audible or podcasts or something like that. You can read during downtime. Work-life balance is important, but you can read during your downtime. It doesn't always have to be you know, the sports news, but it can be that as well. But if you want to get better, if you want to be a high performer, you need to prioritize what is most important? Aaron Lohman a few weeks ago said on, on his Twitter, um, if you shoot or do BJJ for fun because you enjoy it and you have fun, you know that's great. If it takes up all your time because you do it because it's a fun hobby, cool. But if it takes up so much time because you're doing it to get better at the job, you're literally just working for free. Now, you can do both. You can have a balance, and that's the most important takeaway, right? But just keep that in mind. Like if your hobby is only BJJ because it'll get you better at work, it's going to go to another thing we're going to talk about with work, work life balance, but focus, manage your time, manage your time. You can wake up. It goes back to the Kobe Bryant thing that I just posted right before I started talking again. Like you can wake up early and do stuff and then have your downtime to recover and things like that. You can do it. It is possible. Find the balance. Number four, stay positive, especially in law enforcement. We get down on ourselves or get downtrodden by the failed leadership or the politics and all that bullshit. Stay positive. Stay true to your mission. Whatever your goal is, stay true to it. If you want to be on the canine squad and, you know, you just see who is getting added to the canine squad and you're like, shit, man, I'm not that guy or girl. Uh, stay true to it, man. Stay positive. You will get there. You just need to do the work for it. Five, be open to feedback. I once had a sensei tell me that when you're given feedback or when it's being given, unless you're a master of your craft, there is something for you to take away from it. Even if you're not the one screwing up, right? We used to, we used to have class and then he would give notes at the end of class. And there were people that go, Oh, that wasn't me. I didn't, I didn't mess up that hip throw. Okay. But you, you're not a master. So there's something wrong with your hip throw. Take what they're saying. Okay. Of course, be mindful of where you get your wisdom from. And I use air quotes for that. The guy that's more out of shape than you should not be giving you weight loss advice because he used to coulda, you know what I mean? I, I used to, I used to work out of this gym or I used to work out of this gym and the gym leader, the, uh, I say that, I think Pokemon, like the, the guy that ran the gym. I mean, he was, he was chunky, but Hey, he used to be a bodybuilder. So he could tell him, dude, get out of here. Get out of here with that bullshit. Number six, have strong skills and play to your strengths. Think of what basic skills you have in life that got you here and go with them. But also, if you're kind of behind on certain skills, work on them. Strengthen them up. I think back to Kenny Williams, and he was telling me that he hated talking to people. He did not like talking to people, so he forced himself to talk to people. Now look at him. One of the best interdition cops in the planet. 
because of how well he talks to people and judges their reactions. Okay? And if you're a great talker, good. Play to that strength, right? If you've got... I'm a, I'm a baseball guy. If you got a hitter and he only can push the ball, he can only hit it to opposite... If he's right-handed, he can only hit it to right field, right? Well, you're not going to try to change him and be like, man, we got to make you a strong pull hitter. No, play to that strength. If all he can do is pop it over the second baseman's head, that's what you want. Shout out to DJ LeMahieu. Just, that's who comes to my mind. Or Derek Jeter. Number seven, always look to grow. That's why you're listening to this podcast. That's why you clicked on this because it said, become a high performer. And you're like, oh, I want to be a high performer. There's plenty of others out there that either have stuff to do with law enforcement or don't. There are many resources out there that have been talked about over the years. You got street cop training, revelations training, blue to gold training, jujitsu five Oh effective fitness, EF combatives, paladin combatives. Those are all just law enforcement based ones, but you can talk to other people and go down different avenues and you can refine those skills and you can grow from there. And it has nothing to do with law enforcement, but it's almost like the Mr. Miyagi wax off effect, right? You think you're waxing a car. Really? You're learning how to fight. Think about that. Number eight, respect everyone. That goes without saying, as you get good at your craft, you are going to be looked up to. Don't be an asshole. The Red Ninja would not be the Red Ninja if he was the Red Asshole, which sounds pornographic and unacceptable. But you got to listen, people are going to look up to you. They're going to want to talk to you. You could, I mean, you could be an asshole, but what's the point of that? What's the point of that? Respect everyone. Number nine, be a leader and a teacher. As you get good at your job, I just said this, you're going to become a leader and a teacher. People are going to want to do what you do. They look up to it and that's good. Also, as a teacher, it's just going to get you more and more wise in your expertise. I was listening to the Andrew Huberman podcast, who is a world-renowned neuroscientist, and he said that he loves teaching in college because it gives him an opportunity to learn from his students. Not for his students to learn from him. That's going to happen. But he learns from them as well. Be a leader and be a teacher because you're also going to be a student. And finally, number 10, this is most important, find work-life balance. This will save your life. No matter how many arrests you make, how many DUIs you make, how many hours you slave away on the highway finding that perfect car to stop, at your funeral, the people crying beside your casket as they carry you away will not say, I'm so glad he worked all that overtime. They just won't. They just won't. Yes, you know, maybe some kind of uh, quality of life thing or whatever, but they're not going to say that. They are not going to say that. And if they will, if they're like, oh, man, you know, he, whatever, my dad was never here, my mom was never here, but, you know, it is what it is. Well, then it's maybe time to start paying into that bank sooner than expected, right? Like, I don't know what to tell you guys, folks. It's, at the end of the day, the people that you go home to are more important than the people on the road. Now, that's not saying that the road is not important. The job is important, but you need to remember that. At the end of the day, you want to be the high performer who had a great family that loved them and knew that, hey, my dad was this, this, and this. You don't want to hear, you don't want your kids to be told from your buddies, all right, man, your 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 dad was great at stopping cars, man. He just, he did it. No. You know, your, your, your kids want to know you as well. I know this end segment was a little longer than it usually does. I usually just kind of give a little snippet and we're out, but... I promise you that it was for good reason. Hopefully you got some value out of what I said. And if you have any questions, you can hit up me, you can hit up Adam, um, or you can hit up, I name drop Kenny a lot, but you can message. There's so many good police officers out there who seem to have it all together and they may have issues. We all do one way or another, but if you're looking for people to look up to, 
that are actually worth their shit. That's, uh, that's something to do. I also recommend checking out some non-law enforcement resources. Uh, things like business and sports related podcasts. They actually translate very well to law enforcement. Um, whether it's going to be a leadership aspect or performance on the, on the, on the road, as opposed to on the field in a sports podcast, there's stuff to take away from it. So take a look out there. There's so much content out there that will literally, uh, change your life in one way or another. So that concludes our episode for today, folks. I really appreciate you. Do me a favor, go to Apple podcasts, rate and review the show. Uh, Go on to Spotify, rate the show there, share it with your friends. It helps me get out the word out and attract new guests and attract new listeners and just build this brand. Next week, we have the Jersey Boys podcast Christmas edition on Monday. And on Thursday, we are talking sex with Destiny Morris. So put the kids away, put on some headphones because it's going to get steamy. It's going to be good. Speaking of steamy, after next week, we have the New Year's Eve party, The Last Drunk Cops of 2022. It's going to be coming out on December 29th, and it features a whole cast of characters, some that have been on the show, some that have not, I think. No, I think they're all returning folks, and it's a great time. One of my favorite episodes we've done. It it was a great group. So a lot of stuff coming up to round out the year. So until then, folks... Take care of each other, stay safe, and uh, we'll see you next time. 10-8, out!
cabinet brain of canned thoughts. It was everything I got, oh, everything I got in my cabinet brain, in my cabinet brain. 